This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, the Meadowlands marketing coordinator and online talent, the fabulous Jessica Otten, joins us for the first time this year. And with the New Jersey Standard Red Racetrack currently in the midst of its winter campaign, the betting numbers have been excellent. Much of this success can be attributed to competitive racing, full fields, and management, but also playing a major role is marketing and promotion, enhancing the Standard Red product. We will speak with Jessica Otten in moments, and we'll find out what's happening now and in the future when it comes to the Meadowlands. Also today, Woodbine trainer Bill Theranos joins us for the first time on the show. Bill, who regularly spends his winters at Gulfstream Park in Florida, he's there right now, by the way, is off to a tremendous start as the Gulfstream Championship meeting continues. With a limited number of starters so far at Gulfstream, Bill has won at a 26% rate with 43% of the horses finishing first, second, or third. Bill, who is a regular member of the Woodbine Training Fraternity, joins us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We will discuss his hot start at Gulfstream Park this past week and find out what Bill's plans are overall for 2023. In addition, still with Woodbine, friend of the show Tony Elliott was named Marketing Manager of Racing and Wagering, where he will be focused on driving the growth of Woodbine's premium brand of racing, elevating its relationship with key industry players, and supporting the continued expansion of home market wagering. Formerly the racing manager at Western Fair Raceway in London, Tony joins us to explain his new role at Woodbine and to take a look at the current Woodbine Mohawk Park meet and the upcoming Woodbine Thoroughbred season. And finally, he's back. I'm thrilled. (laughs) Co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a fantastic show, so please get your HBI and Dark Horse accounts ready for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my fantastic, amazing, so smart, so debonair, so handsome co-host, Larry Simpson. I'm blushing. <laughs> I just thought you were tanned. We've been talking yeah. all about horse racing yeah. around the world, it, it, including the Florida. It's the lights yeah. in here. So. <laughs> so let's go to Santa Anita. What happened there in terms of thoroughbred racing? Uh, snow. What? Snow in California. They say it never rains in California. Well, it's not supposed to snow in California. It's a four-letter word. Yeah. Uh, the racing's been canceled at Santa Anita this weekend for, uh, well, it's it's going to be high winds and, and rain at the track, but the mountains are so close in the back that the, there's uh, snowstorms there, and I guess they're concerned maybe that the uh, the snow may head its way over to the racetrack. And apparently it's about the first time in about 30 years that this has happened. Isn't so. that incredible? Yeah. A, a lot yeah. of people are concerned about that. The weather in California has been absolutely terrible, everything you can imagine. Yeah. So, But I guess it's better to be safe than sorry. Well, exactly. And this isn't the first time. They've, they've lost a few dates because of, of rain and, and severe rain. And even last year they had the same problem. But to have this issue of you know, winds and potential snow and, <laughs> and 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 rain, like that's just too much. So Absolutely. I'm hoping things are better at places like the Meadowlands. Let's go there right now. We're joined by a friend of the show. And I did my homework. This is an amazing young woman, Larry. Mm-hmm. She's got such a future in front of her. She's just 26 years old. Jessica Auten, she is the Meadowlands marketing coordinator and online talent. And you should see and hear what she does as an interviewer. It's just extraordinary. Hey, welcome to the show. Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, let's get right into it, uh, Jessica. Talk about the 2023 season so far and and the betting numbers uh, so far in the first few weeks have been so great. What do you think has accounted for this increase? It's truly been amazing. We've surpassed the amount of uh, nights that we have $3 million plus races already in 2023 than we had in 2022. And, you know, you got to get a lot of credit to our horsemen and our race secretary. And of course our horse players as well. They, you know, our horsemen continue to support our entry box week after week. We have, you know, a majority of the full fields of 10 going behind the gate. We've had 14 race cards. And of course, uh, you know, the quality of horses as well. You know, we might have, we only have, you know, maybe seven horses in our open, but if it's a, it's a wide open, open race, I mean, any horse of seven could win it. Um, and, you know, we've had some really good weather as well. I mean, yeah. I'm from Michigan and we have pretty tough winters in <laughs> Michigan, but this winter in New Jersey has been so mild. Um, 
We had to cancel one night due to coldness, but it, it wasn't too terrible. Of course, putting, you know, the horsemen and, and horses first. But, you know, the, the numbers have just been tremendous. The payouts have been very well. You know, we don't have a ton of favorites coming in. You, you get the occasional, you know, heavy favorite once in a while as well. But we've had a lot of good payouts, a lot of great competitive races. And, you know, we've got the top horsemen in the country racing at our track week after week. So it's been a pleasant surprise to see, you know, the horse players follow along so well with us because, you know, we try to put on a good show as well and, and give as much insight each and every race night that we do have to them so that they have, you know, a lot of information going into wagering the races. And Jessica, what are we talking about in terms of payouts? What are you looking at, you know, night after night? We've had a lot of long shots come in and that just shows, you know, the competitiveness of our races and the job our race secretary has put together. And the races are, are a challenge for the handicappers and handicappers like that, don't they? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I know it, it takes me a while to go over the races and even watching, you know, these races week after week and horses week after week. It's like a freaking new puzzle every weekend because you know, <laughs> a lot of them race good. And it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. How would you describe the Meadowlands from your perspective? Oh, uh, it's, it's like the mecca of harness racing. Um, you know, everybody grows up and watches harness racing at the Meadowlands. And even in the wintertime when we are a little bit slower with not so much uh, grand circuit action um, or events and so on and so forth, it's it's just so fun. Like you work with the top horsemen week in and week out and there's always something new going on. And, you know, people people, watch the Meadowlands and along with Mohawk too. I think they're two of the top country tracks in the country. Let's talk about your path. We had you on the show last year and uh, you kind of talked about how you got involved in harness racing and the the steps you took to basically get to where you are now at the Meadowlands. Talk about that. Yeah, it's honestly been uh, so surreal. If you would have asked me in high school what I would be doing at the age of 26, I I couldn't probably give you an answer. But, uh, you know, I was was born and raised in the business. I'm a third-generation horseman on my dad's side. Um, And I was pretty much, the minute I was able to go to the barn, I was in the barn. Um, I cleaned stalls, you know. My dad really made me learn from the bottom up, uh, you know, how to clean a water bucket before you clean a stall, before you harness the horse, and, and so on and so forth. And I really just enjoyed that part of it. Um, I was uh, 10 years old paddocking horses at Windsor Raceway for him when I was old enough to get a groom's license and traveling around all summer long, you know, to every county fair that I was with my dad and you know, splitting our days between the tracks and, and the fairs during the day and the tracks at night. Uh, and it just really taught you a lot. It taught you, you know... Um, work uh, your work ethic and you know the the highs in this business are really high and the lows are really low and we had a stable of 30 for as long as I can remember and as time you know went on we, we cut down quite a bit but uh, when I was in high school I worked for my dad full-time in the summer and after school and it was just the two of us for a while uh, when I graduated college or excuse me when I graduated high school went into college I, I uh, started a degree in criminal justice um, and I still worked for my dad a little bit, but I was going to school full time. And um, one thing kind of just led to another. And somehow I ended up in the Meadowlands for Breeders' Crown doing a podcast with Mike and Mike. And next day I went to college and I changed my degree to marketing. And one day Jason Settlemore called me, asked me to do interviews in the back paddock about four and a half years ago. And the rest is history, I guess. It sure is. And the rest is your future. So one of your responsibilities at the Meadowlands is on-site host for Fox Sports. Bravo, by the way, for that. So what's that Thank like? You. Yeah, what's that like for you? Is it a learning experience every time you do an interview? 
It really is. Uh, I think I, the first show I did for Fox Sports was in 2021. It was a two-hour live show with my entire team at the Meadowlands, and I was doing just the pre-race interviews from the back paddock. And that led to doing Hamiltonian Day that year, which was really great. And then we did a day of the Breeders' Crown that was at the Meadowlands. And then last year we had six on-site shows covering, you know, the best of the best. Uh, we had Meadowlands Pace Night. We got to see the world record broken by um, Bulldog Hanover, which was truly amazing. Uh, we got to tell the story of the Meadowlands Pace winner, Beach Glass, and his uh, sire, Sun Beach Somewhere. That was the only race he lost as a, as, uh, as a racehorse. And what he's done as a, a sire in general to the sport of harness racing, he was just truly tremendous. So the same connections brought back Beach Glass and the Meadowlands Pace. Um, there were like 12 colts born from his last crop, and he was one of them. And it was just truly tremendous to tell that story to like a thoroughbred-centric world and people who might not know a ton about harness racing. Um, and then we did Hamiltonian Day as well, and I actually did two Breeders' Crown, Breeders Crown shows for Mohawk. And we got so much great feedback, and it's just it's really enlightening to have people come up to you and say, oh, my gosh, like, we listen to you on Fox Sports, and you do a good job, and we didn't really know much about harness racing, but now we follow it a bit more. And to me, that's really just – it's so surreal because I grew up, you know, loving the sport of harness racing. I was I was 14 years old when I um, testified in front of the House and Senate to help harness racing in the state of Michigan to help them get additional revenue so that horsemen could stay in Michigan instead of having to travel all over because – I was one of those families that was kind of split apart at the time. My dad was in Canada. I still had horses at home. I thought it was unfair. So for people to like, you know, see that, it's just it's just so great. And then this year we have eight scheduled shows so far as Meadowlands and a couple additional ones as well. Your dad must be so proud of you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously the Meadowlands is your favorite racetrack, but is there another one? I, I always have loved Mohawk. Um, I went there growing up a lot with my dad. He is uh, Canadian, and I just love the atmosphere. North America Cup night, aside from you know the big races at the Meadowlands, is, is one of my favorite nights. I love how close the grandstand is to the paddock. I love the interaction. I love the whole crew there. I think it's a tremendous track. and I really enjoy uh, visiting Lexington during their uh, Grand Circuit meet as well. Just a great atmosphere there. You have the yearling sales. Everybody comes from everywhere to look at the future stars. Of course, uh, you know, watch the stars in action. So it's it's the two of my favorite ones on top of the Meadowlands. Well, thank you for that ringing endorsement. <laughs> We're very happy to hear that. <laughs> so, Jessica, with <laughs> with all of your most of your life spent uh, with harness racing, have you ever wanted to be in the driver's seat? Uh, not necessarily, no. Um, you know, I've, I've jogged and, and trained a couple of times um, in my younger years. I really just enjoy being in the barn. I love working on a horse that, you know, might have a problem or needs extra attention. You know, I've worked for a handful of different people on top of my dad, and there's something to learn every day. And even still now, like one of my favorite things to do is go to the farms and watch babies train or, you know, the, the stakes horses train or just, you know, an old racehorse train and, and learn. There, there's always an opportunity to learn. You have to keep your mind open. And, and as somebody who works as a handicapper now, it's, it's nice to have all that insight and it's to teach the world because they don't know what half that crap means going across the bottom <laughs> of the screen. And my, my, what I put out to do is, is try to educate people because, the more information, the better. And I just really enjoyed being in the barn, and I left the rest up to my dad. Well, you had the opportunity last year to watch 
a lot of great horses race, including, you know, you mentioned Bulldog Hanover, but of the ones that were, say, two-year-olds or three-year-olds that are returning this year in 2023, is there one that you're maybe looking forward to watching? Uh, start with the older horses. Bella Bellini is returning for her five-year-old season, and, and the work she's done at the age of three and four has just been tremendous. Um, she beat the boys a lot. Uh, she set, you know, track records, world records. She's just just a phenomenal trotting mare. Um, as for uh, four-year-olds, I'm excited to see Beach Glass return um, by the missile as well. I'm excited to see him come back. Uh, he won the Little Brown Jug. I didn't really get to see him much uh, as a three-year-old. Um, and as for two-year-olds, uh, I'm really excited to see a couple of Canadian horses hopefully take on some, you know, U.S. soil. Stockade Steelster, I'm excited to see him come back. Sylvia Hanover, excited to see her come back. She put up a lot of great miles, you know, on Canadian soil as well. Um, Ammo, who won the Breeders' Crown. El Ray. I mean, there's, oh God, there's so many of them to see come back at the age of three and hopefully, you know, continue their success. Jessica Otten, as the Meadowlands Marketing Coordinator and Online Talent Plus, you are leading by example. Mm-hmm. Are there other young women as passionate and as ambitious and as talented as you in the horse racing industry, in particular Standard Bread, that might be able to make their mark as you are doing right now? Um, there's a couple of girls in Ohio who are about the same age, maybe a little younger, who have really taken on the Ohio circuit. Uh, Cheyenne and Ashley um, have done a great job working for the OHHA and the tracks in Ohio. And Ashley Mayu, who does a little bit of thoroughbred working races as well, she's actually coming to the Meadowlands in a week to do International Women's Day with me. Um, as far as maybe younger than me, not not yet. Um, I'm, I'm hoping so. <laughs> There's not as many females, uh, you know, on this side, uh, on the East Coast. I guess you could say you've got, you know, the the ones who are a bit older than me. But um, I'm I'm trying to find someone who would want to you know, come and work with me one day, hopefully. Well, that's a really good open invitation, <laughs> right there. Everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, let's uh, put your handicapping uh, hat on for us, uh, Jessica, and uh, let's talk about tonight's card at the Meadowlands. And is there a couple of uh, horses that you can pass on to our listeners? There are a couple of horses who I uh, have my eye on for tonight's card. Uh, one thing I do when I'm kind of, I, I'm all over the place, you know, nightly at the Meadowlands with my marketing and social media job on top of hosting and handicapping is, I really like to pay attention and go back and watch the replays if I if I remember a horse. Um, and I always like to see these horses pace forward at the end of the mile. I know a lot of people see these times and they see fast times, but times are, you know, kind of almost irrelevant nowadays with the breed being so advanced. So I always like to try to find horses who finish the mile with plenty of pace or plenty of, plenty of trot or maybe a horse who had a little bit of a trouble trip. But if you go in the second race, um, HP Liz Shadow out of the Andrew Harris barn. This will be the second start off of the bench, making a uh, the a second uh, excuse me third start off the bench, third start on a bigger track. I really think that's what this horse needed. Um, three to one on the morning line gets post five and Andy McCarthy in the bike and just kind of got start, stuck behind a horse who wasn't going anywhere last week. And when he was able to get out, he did pace forward. I love seeing that made up ground, pace home in twenty six and four. And I really think that this is a softer bunch. 
um, for him to be facing. And Horstead did beat him last week with Stonebridge Reef, who was dropping out of a very competitive Trackmaster series that we had had. So I really think this one has a big shot in race two. Okay, that's great. And let's uh, let's get to the windows and bet. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Jessica, thanks for doing this, and uh, good luck, and and uh, pick lots of winners, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you soon. Hopefully, thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, great job, Jessica. Thank you very much. When we come back, Woodbine trainer Bill Theranos joins us next on Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the Radio Magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup today as the I Love Winter event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine trainer Bill Theranos joins us today. Bill is enjoying a very good start to the 2023 season. While plying his trade in the Florida sunshine, he joins us right now from Gulfstream. Bill, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Ann and Larry. All right, let's uh, get right into it with you, Bill. What was it that got you involved in, in training? Why did you want to become a trainer in the first place? Well, I've been around the racetrack since a young lad and uh, wanted to be a jockey at one time. I started at the bottom at Woodbine Racetrack as I went to school. And uh, from learning how to hot walk horses, grooming horses, I started exercising. I thought there was a future for being an actual jockey. But uh, I decided to grow up uh, real fast one year and I went from 150 pounds. So that didn't... uh, Paying out too good, but I've always took a great passion for the game. Um, you know, the animal talks to you every day, just like a human being would talk to you. And it's a great feeling uh, 
to be around the industry, you know, that you grew up with uh, so young. And I decided to buy my first couple horses, and uh, and I guess the rest of this history. I've been <laughs> around it 43 years, and I guess you could say I've followed that path for a long time. I want to ask you about your relationship with your horses. So tell me what that's like. What do you sense from them? What do they sense from you? What do you say to them? How do you train them? One thing uh, I guess I've really took uh, a passion to seeing the horses early in the morning. They're no different than humans or other different animals that you do see. I like to get to the racetrack 3, 4 in the morning. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot on how they're acting if they're looking for you, how their fee process, uh, you know, was taking place uh, overnight, and uh, and their attitude uh, means a lot when you see them first thing in the morning when the excitement hasn't started. Hmm. All right, let's talk about the uh, Gulfstream uh, meet now, uh, Bill. You've got off to a very good start. What do you account this uh, good start to? Down here, you get a yeah, you get a great uh, feeling. You, you're dealing with all the big players here, and uh, you want to talk about the real racing world. Uh, everybody recognizes you here. It doesn't matter if it's social media, horse racing. You get the you get the opportunity to meet some great people, great owners, great horses, and uh, eighty degree weather. You know, we get a little bit of bad weather, but overall, like it's it's such a pleasure to be around the greatest feeling in the world. You've had a pretty good start to 2023. Let's talk about that. I understand that 43% of your horses have finished either first, second, or third. To what do you attribute that? Well, one thing you got to learn is uh, have good owners. Um, Placing the horses in the right races is a big part of all this. Um, If you're a little bit in the claiming game, you got to run them where they belong, and you know it's uh, it's a very expensive game to be in this sport today, uh, due to the fact that everything gets shipped down to the southern area. You know, between hay and feed and everything is very costly. So you got to be realistic on uh, where you're going to put, basically place your horses in what race, and you try to get the best riders possible. And uh, I've been very fortunate. You know, I've had the best in the world on. A couple of my horses, uh, I finally got on the ride, too, and he win, too. Mm-hmm. Last Saturday was a great feeling. And, uh, you know, I've had other horses that win here that uh, didn't uh, adjust very well at Woodbine, and they come over here, and they look like a star. Why? Maybe they like the sun? I'm not <laughs> sure. But it, it's a great feeling that they can contribute to the start of the year. So when do you actually start planning for the uh, Gulfstream uh, meet, Bill? Like... You're racing at Woodbine, so say October, November, Woodbine's winding down. Um, and you are you sitting there now saying, well, okay, I'm going to ship this horse to, to Gulfstream. I'm going to ship this go- horse to Gulfstream. Has there been some horses that were maybe laid off earlier in the year that, uh, you know, you just basically brought them back late and raced them at Woodbine a couple of times and then shipped them to, to Gulfstream? Is that how it worked with you? Well, I'll tell you, if you got a real good horse, and let's be honest, um, you know, our weather is not the easiest thing to uh, basically uh, train through. It's very difficult. Yes, you can do the job, but you can't do the job like down south. And if you got a good horse, two-year-old mm-hmm. going to three, maybe to the Queen's Plate or the King's Plate today, mm-hmm. or the Canadian Oaks or other state races, you have to be in the southern area. 
it's a tough task to uh, challenge all the big people back home that are in the southern area. And if you ever want to get lucky and get a real, real exciting horse, I think you got to be down this way. And, you know, when you plan on coming south, our plan is to trade horses. It's like an import-export business mm-hmm. to bring fresh stock, maybe better quality stock at home, and you get a little bit of an edge. Because, uh, again, there have been horses been running frequently down here, and the fitness level was a lot more achieved than uh, others at home. And, uh, and I think uh, you're going to be ahead of the game. And uh, some horses just do better on different surfaces. Some horses, we don't have dirt. We have dirt here. We have turf here. And we have Tapita. Well, I'm known to be a great Tapita trainer down here because I had a great year last year at Woodbine. You know, I had a record year in uh, purse uh, winnings. And uh, hopefully we can uh, duplicate that this year, if not better. So bottom line then, Bill, how do you decide which horses you're going to ship down to Gulfstream? Is it a bit of a crapshoot in a way? you got to be very careful on what you're doing because a lot of Canadian horses are good. It's just you can't make mistakes because you got to be competitive uh, when you're coming down this way. It's a very competitive business, and if you fall in love with your horses and don't place them in the right uh, categories, you're going to get swallowed up over here because there's so many different other trainers coming from other jurisdictions. Wow. It's a very active place in the claiming box. you got to have a good horse to play with these big guys here or be realistic and run them where they belong. Yeah, you've just reminded us that this is a big business. And speaking of that, we had uh, Mike DiPaolo on a few weeks ago, and he indicated that being a Canadian going down there, you can kind of use the the dollar value, and and you could kind of keep your horse into a lower class because of the exchange rate, correct? Correct. Absolutely. you got to take that uh, in consideration on levels where you're going to participate. Not just do what you got to do. you you got to do your homework. And what does that really mean then, the the difference in the dollar between the greenback and and the, the, the loony? How else can you parlay that into success? Our horses are good quality horses long as you're being realistic, where are you going to place them? You know, when we get a good horse, the first phone call comes from where? American side. Mm. American dollars. We don't talk Canadian dollars. talk American dollars because there's a lot more opportunity here to go. California, here, Kentucky, you know, all different jurisdictions here where horses have different opportunities for dirt, turf, synthetic. They really like our horses that come in here right now. Listen, that horses, you know, you got Martin Brexer, he had a big year. As long as you uh, appreciate where you're putting them, you're going to have success. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about Woodbine, uh, Bill. Um, obviously, the backstretched open uh, the past uh, week and horses are shipping in. What's your plans, uh, you know, to come back here and ship in? And then have you got any idea how many stalls you're going to have, how many horses that you're going to be racing this year so far? I've got 38 stalls at Woodbine in my same barn that I replaced last year. Horses that were allowed to ship in on Wednesday, which uh, I shipped in 19 the first day. I have my staff taking care of things there now. 
and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have another 10 in, which would put me close to 30. Wow. You know, I have to ask you, because we have established through you and and through the show that this is a, a big industry and it's a big business. You talk about your staff. Can you elaborate on that? What does your staff consist of? Staff is very, very important. You know, you're only as good as your wings will spread and what's under your wings. You know, you got to believe in the people that work for you if you want to have success. Yes, you could be hands-on. Yes, you could have great ideas, but you still got to have successful people beside you. And uh, you got to have trust. People that know what they're doing and how they're doing it. And uh, and you got to have uh, reliability. And I think that's big part of the success. I will be coming uh, back and forth. Uh, once uh, things go nice and smooth for the first week or two, I don't think I'm going to miss anything in the first couple of weeks because weather permitting, we're not getting out to the track at all. But uh, we are training them. Uh, we're just shed rowing right now until the sand ring gets op- opened at Woodbine. What we want to do is light conditioning because, you know, when they come from the farms, they've only done so much. And now you come to the big game where, you know, they start seeing a lot bigger things. And you just got to be careful hands-on, and uh, just start slowly. You don't want to jump too fast. That's when problems start. Is there anything that you haven't accomplished in your career yet, uh, Bill? That is, there, is there maybe one race that, uh, you know, well, is still in the bucket list? To be honest with you, uh, I've been through a lot at Woodbine as, a, as, a, as an owner, a trainer, and, uh, you know, I went through the past and a bad fire at Woodbine as an owner. Uh, mm-hmm. And we lost a couple of very good horses there, and that's what took me to the place I am today on uh, taking upon myself with training horses. And uh, sure, you always want to win big races and get big opportunities. And, you know, there's other owners out there that uh, are looking for an aggressive trainer, and uh, hopefully we land one of those big owners. But the people that are beside me today, I got to honestly say I really respect uh the opportunity they've given me, and they've been beside me for a long time, and uh, I'm a little excited where we're going this year. I can tell. <laughs> Very quick personal question. Your Twitter handle is MoneyTalks888. Where did that come from? Well, I had a horse that uh, me and uh, Peter McLaughlin owned and his son, Dan McLaughlin. We were looking for big things uh, when we had him, when we bought him, and he was a big, stout colt. It uh, looked uh, unbelievable and training unbelievable. And uh, when he did break his maiden as a two-year-old, it was very impressive. And we thought we had a big future going to the Queen's Plate. And the Queen's Plate is everybody's dream. You know, you win multiple races, but Queen's Plate is, uh, I guess, respected all over the world. People watch it. And uh, one day, hopefully, I have the right one to get there and, and get that win by. Well, Bill, on behalf of the show, you're now a actual friend of the show. Woohoo! And you know that's that's a big honor, really. <laughs> but well, I can only tell you, appreciate the opportunity. It's uh, feels like a great feeling as I sit here in the sun and, uh, and having me. Yeah, well, please don't rub it in because it's cold here, it's icy, it's freezing. But, you know, thanks for doing this, Bill, and, and, and good luck uh, at Gulfstream and at Woodbine uh, this coming season. One thing for sure, on a final note, we're going to have a great weekend. Oh, I'm sure of it. And we wish you all the best and look forward to our next visit. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ann. Thank you, Larry. 
After the break, when we come back, Woodbine's Tony Elliott joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Tony Elliott, friend of the show, joins us now. He is the marketing manager of racing and wagering at Woodbine. Congratulations. What a great, great job jump for you, Tony. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. It's, uh, I'm certainly excited about the new position and uh, I'm kind of just kind of getting my feet wet so far and uh, kind of jumping in on a few projects, which is exciting. All right, well, let's uh, talk about it, uh, Tony. Uh, talk about your new role with Woodbine and, and what does the job entail? Uh, so the big thing for me is, the, is relationships with uh, other tracks, with our horse people, uh, between our racing departments and our marketing team, different things like that. So just... Uh, that's kind of uh, the big part of it is the relationships and then obviously trying to uh, market our racing and uh, put it in the best limelight possible and uh, try to enhance it as much as possible. So I look at a lot of different things when it comes to the racing and uh, trying to get people to track and, uh, and different things like that. And then the wagering part of my role, I look after home market wagering. Um, so anything to do with HPI, promotions, uh, getting people to play at the track, different things like that as well. How did you make this leap to Woodbine? Where were you before this, and what were you doing in your previous jobs? Uh, so I was the racing manager at Western Fair, so I was looking after racing and wagering there. And then uh, Woodbine had reached out to me about this role, and uh, I, I talked to them about it a few times, and then I thought it was it was a good move for me. So I decided to decide to take it, but it was it's kind of kind of in line with what I was doing before, but just kind of more on a high level rather than on a day-to-day operations and more focus on the marketing of it rather than the, the operations of it. So Woodbine, I guess you could say, was was always on your radar, you know, when you got into the industry and that. Was this something where you wanted to end up? I think so. Like, I, I really like working at Western Fair and they have a great team there, but I always felt that uh, 
uh, Woodbine is kind of the place where, where people end up after they're kind of uh, established themselves. And, and I felt that it was the, the right time to make the move there. And, uh, and Woodbine's at the forefront of the industry across North America for, for new, new concept and new concepts and ideas. So I just felt like that was the place where I could make the, make the biggest difference and work at, work on the kind of cutting edge uh, ideas across the industry and be like an industry leader. You know, it's interesting because Woodbine reached out to you. What is it in your background, what you learned from Western Fair and from Clinton, for instance, that put you on their radar? Well, I think, I think maybe not necessarily what I did at those tracks, but more kind of my passion for the sport. And that's what they were kind of looking for, someone with a racing experience that was very passionate about growing the sport. And they wanted someone like that on their team as, as well as the people that they already have on their team. So I think it was more, um, obviously, some of the things I'd done probably probably helped with that. But I think it was more just just how I approach things and how I approach uh, growing the sport. Well, you were basically on the uh, on the harness side. Now you've moved to Woodbine, and of course, there's thoroughbred and harness. Now, is there going to be a learning curve for you on, on that thoroughbred side? I think so. Like, there's definitely going to be some learning as far as kind of the more detailed parts of uh, thoroughbred racing. But I think as far as marketing the sport, there's different aspects that are, are kind of the same between the two. It's uh, like at the end of the day, it's racing and we're trying to get people to uh, consume it and as much as possible. So I think you, how you, how you market it is, is very similar, but it's both, both breeds kind of operate in a different way. So that's certainly going to be a learning curve and just, just kind of the day-to-day stuff for the thoroughbreds will be more of a learning curve, but uh, I've certainly certainly picked up a lot of things already, and uh, I look forward to kind of getting getting to the backstretch with the, the horse people and, and learning as much as I can. You know, it's interesting that you were drawn initially to standard bred, to harness racing. What was it about that particular part of the industry that, that lured you into the, the, the business itself? Well, I think it was just because my family, like, grew up around harness, so that was kind of the big the big thing it was was for us like well, I always kind of watched the the major thoroughbred stakes and I've certainly watched a little bit of woodbine thoroughbred over the over the years but nothing nothing to the extent of I am now and at the end of the last season when I was kind of getting more more uh, invested in it as far as from a learning standpoint but it was it was just always that was the thing that we always watched that was the thing I kind of fell in love with but I think the the thoroughbred side is such an intriguing uh, side of the sport too and i think it's what's well, a lot bigger than the standard side too so it's it's definitely offers offers a lot of opportunities for horse people and across the board just from an entertainment standpoint from a business uh, standpoint tony uh you were at western fair and did some work at clinton as well two of the smaller tracks now you're at as you indicated before an industry leader like woodbine uh have you noticed any difference or is it still too early like working for for a smaller track to working for a big institution like woodbine uh, it, yeah it's certainly a lot different like it's uh at the smaller tracks you kind of everyone just does whatever it takes to get things done and it's it's fairly um day-to-day i would say but woodbine's like from uh, from my team anyways it's a lot of kind of planning and looking at things from the big picture and how we can present it uh, like our thoroughbred season, like how we're presenting our thoroughbred season, how we're telling the story of that season is kind of what we're looking at. Less of the, like our, our kind of day-to-day stuff is still there, but it's more of a kind of bigger picture focus rather than just kind of day-to-day uh, operations type. 
Larry and I like to walk a mile in someone's shoes. And sometimes the shoes are a bit of a tight fit, but in your case, they're just perfect. So walk us through a typical day for you as marketing manager of racing and wagering. Um, so basically, like, uh, so we're kind of hybrid. So some days we're at Woodbine, uh, some days I'm at Mohawk. Um, so, I mean, it, it all depends. Like, it's it's a good mix. Like, I try to I try to spend lots of time at each track, and especially with racing going on at uh, Mohawk. So, uh, on a typical day, I'll go to I'll go to Woodbine. We'll have meetings and different things like that. And we'll be working on different projects in between. And then uh, on my way home uh, from Woodbine, I'll stop in at Mohawk and then watch a couple races, kind of chat with some horse people, and maybe maybe throw some up on social media or something like that, just to help kind of promote promote what's going on that night. But uh, it's just kind of uh, being being everywhere that you should be. <laughs> all in one day, which tends to get a little busy sometimes, but but I like it. And you must dream of horses at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly do. Yeah, earlier in the uh, in the interview, uh, Tony, you alluded to the fact that you had family ties, and that's what got you involved on the on the harness racing side. Uh, other than the family ties, was there maybe a special horse that you watched growing up that you said, "Gee, you know, I really like this business." Oh, for sure. Some beat somewhere. Like I was kind of at that perfect age where it was, it was pretty magical to see him race in the crowds. And, and I've always, I've always said like from a marketing standpoint, like you always try to replicate that feeling that you had, like on the, when he won the North American cup stand there along the rail. Like I think if you could, if you could capture that and put it in a bottle, you'd be, be able to sell it for a lot of money. But luckily we get, we get different occurrences, maybe not to that extent every year where we can try to get people out just to feel that. So for me, from just experiencing that, like I've always said, like we would have millions and millions of fans, more fans, if we if somebody could experience the thrill of watching somebody somewhere race in the NA Cup and just the feeling of the crowd that night. That's very well put. You sound like a marketing manager. So we talk about racing and, and the marketing of, of racing, which in itself, in and of itself, is is very challenging, but also very rewarding. Let's go to the wagering side. What needs to be done in terms of marketing wagering when it comes to any of the Woodbine properties? I think the big thing uh, right now is is bringing people back to the track. Like we're we are wagering is pretty strong right now uh, across the board, like especially in the U.S. that continues to grow. But in our home market, it's it's still it's still at a very high level. But we're looking at uh, an aging demographic that we're we're trying to hope hopefully kind of replace as <laughs> as as they get older and they stop betting and things like that. So we're we're hoping to kind of get people back to the track, get people introduced to to betting, playing on HPI, and kind of growing the fan base that is also players. So I think that's the big thing is we're we're trying to build a new fan base to kind of uh, fill in behind the, the kind of the aging demographic that we have. And what about young people? Are you trying to attract them to the track? Well, yeah, and I would say that's our, our biggest focus is getting young people to the track and uh, looking at different ways. So uh, obviously our big, big days are a big focus when it comes to uh, getting people to the track. We want to make sure that's a good experience for people, but also looking at the other days that we can get people out and kind of um, make sure that they're are well taken care of when they come and they have an opportunity to learn about uh, wagering and the different platforms we have available to them. And if they need any assistance, we want to make sure there's somebody there that's helping them out. All right, let's talk about, uh, you alluded to uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park and the uh, robust uh, wagering handles and that. Why do you think the, the, the handles are, are so good right now at Woodbine Mohawk Park? 
Well, I think the big thing during like kind of a uh, bigger picture is during COVID, there wasn't a lot going on. So a lot of people started to kind of come or look around for different, different betting options and they kind of fell on horse racing. So, I mean, that, that certainly helped us a lot. If you look, compare the numbers to, to 2019, like uh, Woodbine between the two breeds did over a billion dollars. And uh, I don't know the exact number from 2019, but it was well above that. And that, that has to do with the U S market and, and obviously the exposure we got uh, during COVID. So it's just kind of continued like the, uh, with the big four sports that were kind of out, I would consider us the fifth of the, <laughs> the big four sports, but I think that's, that, that certainly helps. So, I mean, in the U S market, there was a lot of people that were looking at us for the first time in our, in our brand awareness in the U S grew drastically. And that's, that's why we've had so much growth in the U S market. And then even in Ontario, there's been a lot of people in the rest of Canada that have kind of discovered horse chasing again and came back. So, I mean, we're kind of, we're certainly looking at how to how to keep that trend going and in, in ways to to grow it, but we've certainly um, COVID has certainly increased our exposure, and that's the reason why our our handle has has maintained such a high level over the last few years and even grown a little bit. From your perspective, how do you think American uh, horse enthusiasts view Woodbine and Woodbine Park? I think it's pretty strong, and that's something that we certainly look at is our brand awareness in the U.S. Like, of course, we're, we're tracking our, our how our handle is through the different ADWs and platforms in the U.S., but a big thing we look at is just our overall brand exposure. So we're we're looking at our, our brand awareness with different different uh, platforms and how we can increase that. And I, But I would say our brand is quite strong in the U.S. If, with roughly 80% of our handle coming from the U.S. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big portion of our product is, is our U.S. players. And, and I think our, our product is well, well recognized down there, but we're certainly pushing to make it even more prevalent. And I'm certain that, that thoroughbred racing is of interest to all around the world, in particular the United States. But what about standard bread? So at Woodbine Mohawk Park, is there interest in that particular property? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, big in the U.S. too, because I would argue we're the best standard track in North America between us and the Meadowlands. I mean, it's kind of the back and forth between those two tracks, but those are kind of the two big options when it comes to, to playing uh, standard bread. So, I mean, we're we're definitely at the top when it comes to the brand awareness in the U.S. for standard breads. You mentioned earlier, Tony, about bringing new fans in. Uh, what impact do you think a horse like Bulldog Hanover had last year and in the last couple of years, bringing bringing people back into harness racing? I think it's I think it was tremendous. Like our if you if you guys were there Breeders' Crown night, it was it was packed. Like it was a cold night, but there was there was tons of people there, and there was that had to do with the the star power that I was on. Because even there's other nights where there's there's big uh, big stars on the crowd. Certainly isn't that big, but if you have the likes of Bulldog Canver and some of the greats from the past, there's people like really good horses and they like that kind of horse that that draws people's attention and kind of leaves you in awe after they race. And and uh, some kind of said that well he might like he essentially saved the sport this year and and kind of put us back on the map after after COVID because it kind of um, like coming to the track was was kind of gone for a couple of years so. We needed we needed a drawing attention and seeing Bulldog Hanover in person was was certainly the the exact thing that we needed. All right, I guess before we let you go, Tony, uh, I just want to ask you like thoroughbred, standardbred, put your fan cap on, <laughs> and what race do you 
really want to see this year? What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I think it's always the NA Cup on the Stanbridge side, but I think the Kings Plate, like the, having the Kings Plate, uh, uh, like rename the Kings Plate, um, obviously after it being the Queens Plate for a hundred years or or whatever the exact uh, amount of years it was, but I think being a part of marking the first Kings Plate back after after that many years, I think is going to be really special, and it's going to be something that's going to be recognized around the world is is having the Kings Plate back. Interesting that we have asked uh, to walk a mile in your shoes, and now we asked you to put on your fan cap. So there's been a <laughs> Ponies 24-7 attire day. Listen, well done, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us on Ponies 24-7. I have to ask you before we go, may I ask your age? You sound young, and I know that you're trying to attract a younger audience. Uh, what's your age? I'm 23. Wow, that's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> Larry just exhaled and, and kind of crumpled. <laughs> well done, my friend. That is great. And thank you for joining us on Ponies 24-7. You have a great future ahead of you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view the award-winning Hyundai lineup today as the I Love Winter event is on now. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
before we wrap up our show, of course, what would ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his ponies picks of the day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. I'm handing the reins over to you. What a pun. (laughs) (laughs) It's two-thirds of a pun, (laughs) P-U. Oh, thanks, Anne. (laughs) On on that note, let's (laughs) let's go to Aqueduct. Uh, They have a nine race card today, and I'm going to go right to race nine, which is seven furlongs on the dirt. It's a maiden $20,000 claiming event for four-year-olds and up, a purse of $32,000. There's a field of 10 uh, entered, including number nine, Downtown Connector who showed up in this uh, 20,000 maiden class for the first time on January the 8th. This was actually Downtown uh, Connector's uh, first start since February 19th, 2022 at the fairgrounds. In fact, this guy raced three times last year at fairgrounds in maiden special weights. And in his first lifetime start, he finished a close fourth, beating only two and three-quarter lengths. And that's kind of a class or two higher than what he's in today. His first start this year, I believe, uh, looked more as a conditioner. Uh, uh, Downtown uh, Connector went into that race with only two workouts showing. Also a 10-pound apprentice jockey was also aboard that day. Uh, Despite this, he was 3-1 to on the odds board. So today it looks like trainer Thomas Morley is getting serious as he enlists the services of top jockey Manny Franco. He adds the blinkers and has worked downtown connector three times at four furlongs coming into today's race. So Aqueduct, race nine, number nine, downtown connector. Oaklawn Park hosts a 12 race card today, including the $1 million Rebel Stake. It's a grade two, which is a Kentucky Derby qualifier. It's race 11 on the card. It's a mile and a 16th on the dirt. But I'm leaning to number six, Reincarnate, who comes into this race on a two-race win streak. Last week I mentioned how difficult it is for a horse to win a maiden race, then win his next start, let alone a stakes race. And that's exactly what we have today with Reincarnate. He broke his maiden November 25th at Del Mar, then returned on January 8th at Santa Anita to win the Grade 3 Sham Stakes. Since the Sham Stakes, Reincarnate shows five well-spaced workouts leading up to today's race, including two at five furlongs and one at six furlongs. Hall of Fame jockey Johnny Velasquez is reunited with Reincarnate today, so it looks like it's all systems go. So, Oakland Park, race 11, the Rebel Stakes, number 6, Reincarnate. Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has carded a 12-race card tonight. Race 11 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $19,000. Number 1, Tango Sealster made his first start as a 4-year-old last week, a race that saw this guy leave from the 8-hole, and he was actually on the lead after the first call. From then on, driver Jody Jamison sat a rail trip for the rest of the journey, dropping back to fifth at the top of the stretch, but then closing some in the lane to finish third, beating only two and a half lengths. Race timed in 153 and 3 with a last quarter in 26 and 4. And you're going to have to assume that with that last race in the books, the Tango Sealster will be a lot fitter tonight. He draws the rail, which is a little better than the eight, and I think driver Jody Jamison should be able to carve out a pretty good trip for this guy tonight. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 11, number one, Tango Sealster. Finally, we got the Meadowlands. They send 14 races to the post tonight. Race 13 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $10,500. Ten horses have been entered, and I'm leaning to number one, Rocking the Aces, who last race last week was a tremendous effort. Last week, Rocking the Aces drew the dreaded 10-hole, had been off an extra week, but despite trailing the field throughout, 
and at one time by 11 lengths, rocking the race's close with a tremendous rush to finish third, only beaten one and a quarter lengths. Rocking the Aces was race-timed in 52-2, and two, where the last quarter paced in 26-1. and one. He's back on a seven-day rotation tonight. He draws the rail, and driver Dexter Dunn, who was aboard for the first time last week, is back in the bike tonight for the second-time driving angle. There's lots to like with this guy, so the Meadowlands race 13, number one, rocking the Aces. Larry, you put so much work into this. You are brilliant, and I hope it pays off. Thanks, Larry, and I'll be with you next Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. Just before we go, a quick shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark, and a final goodbye. Thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and by the way, a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry at theponies247 experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more info, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, and please donate to this worthy cause. Stay with us here on 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.